0: All right. Welcome to episode 8 of Haven of Horror. I am subject 879. This is the Day Ghost and Milton Man thing. Can you guys believe we're already at episode 8? Yes. Oh. That's something
1: to celebrate.
0: <laughs> it just feels crazy. It feels like yesterday I was just talking to you about bringing this back. Um So, a couple quick announcements. Uh like like I mentioned last week, I've started an Instagram and a Twitter. Uh, for the channel, I I run those things myself, um, and a way to I guess draw Instagram followers, you know, get people aware of the brand. there's any movies that we're not talking about that I watch that are horror related? I post a review on there, so if you guys are interested, I will post the link here in just a minute uh, to the post, so you can follow me follow us on Instagram, and I will post the Twitter as well. Um, Austin, what are we talking about this week?
1: We are talking about the thing and the fog. No, oh, no. no. in Prince of Darkness.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was good. All right, but first, uh, we've been trying to do a little bit of a bit of news. Milton, uh, do you want to start us off with some news?
2: What's in the news? What's in the news? Yeah. I hate both of you. We gotta we gotta do some jingles of some. kind I get here. all my news from my booze. Oh. I always look into myself for knowledge, yes. (laughs) Anyway, Uh, yeah, so I I kind of looked at some smaller news. I just happened to stumble across this. I mean, there's also the news that, you know, the new Resident Evil movie is coming out at some point. I'll just go over that quickly. The banner for that one is apparently releasing somewhere in September? Maybe the movie is being teased for December 3rd or something like that for the reboot to Resident Evil. I don't know if anybody cares about that necessarily. <laughs> is it a
1: Netflix thing or is it like a theatrical film? I don't know.
0: Okay, so I do know it's, this.
1: The
2: source is Sony Pictures, so.
1: Too. Oh God.
0: So I do. So I, it's gonna
1: be trash.
0: <laughs> so I do know this. Uh, they are. This is the theatrical film, and there is a, a Netflix show as well coming out. So we, This is, but this is for the theatrical version.
1: Oh, okay. That's weird. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's I don't know. I don't really care too much about it, unfortunately, because like the directors and people associated are like, well, it's not it a bowl, but that's. I mean, I it's guess another, like, I will. Paul, Paul, Paul Anderson, Anderson wasn't really like, great either, but
0: to give it the benefit of the doubt, it does seem like they're at least sticking to the games, because we know the cast and there's some decent actors and actresses in there. But it's all characters from the games?
2: I suppose, but the issue is I think that might be to its detriment to a certain degree, because the games are very much games and not movies.
0: No, but you could like take a... those but you could take those characters because we don't know anything about the plot yet. That's you can true. take those characters. And from from what I've seen, it's the characters from the first and second game. So you could ease they could easily be just combining those and making a new story out of it. Yeah. But at least it has, like, reference for the material.
1: <laughs> that's true. Oh, God, I'm not getting good vibes from this guy's filmography.
2: No, it's, like, the, I think, like, the best thing he did was, like, 47 meters down or something.
1: But yeah, it's on there. That, that, that's uh, The sequel a... to The Strangers is on there. Yeah. That's... Oh, no. There's a movie called F. Everybody press F for his career. <laughs> Except it's still going. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> And the writers of the movie don't even have Wikipedia pages. Yes.
0: Yeah, I am. I am cautiously optimistic. Um, what are you hoping for? I just want to see these characters from the games like done I, I, somewhat justice. I, I guess. But also keep in mind, I've seen all six Resident Evil movies, so my expectations are like <laughs> below the floor. Like oh,
1: they're doing the first. The first one and the second one at the same time.
0: I just said that. Oh, I messed up. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, I was reading this. That, why? It made more sense to do
0: two
2: and three at the same time. Yeah, if we were doing something like that. Absolutely. Thank you, John. By the way, for showing me those games, that makes sense to me now.
0: Whatever, yeah. So. By the way, guys, <laughs> as well, if anybody is interested, Milton and I are currently going through two and three because Austin mm-hmm. never shows up. No. <laughs> um, so check Austin there, but, you
1: know,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but So check out those as well. And then as soon as we finish those, we're going to move into 7. My goal is to have two, three, two and 3 remake and 7 done before 8 drops. And I also at some point want to play Days Gone and The Last of Us on the trail Yeah.
2: Uh, but the other news I quickly wanted to get into. Um, so apparently just the smaller story that's... It's getting circulated around uh-huh. a lot for some reason. Despite the fact that it's... I don't know. So... Chicago filmmaker was making an earthworm horror flick when the pandemic shutdown made things weird. A guy named Alex I'll just quickly summarize. A guy named Alex Phillips is making a feature film called All Jacked Up and Full of Worms. Okay. The idea is apparently it follows a motel worker who discovers snorting earthworms gives them a euphoric, hallucinatory trip.
1: So it's basically how to snort fried worms. <laughs> what?
2: Yeah, kind of. It's like the man in Psychotic Bender, which involved a lot of, you can always look this stuff up, but he's, he's a thirty-one year old filmmaker. Um said so March twelfth was like his final shoot day. He's still trying to get it released in like twenty twenty one. Um film is currently in post Actually, no, I'm sorry, it's not coming out twenty twenty one, it's coming in twenty twenty two. Post production, it's in post production, and apparently, the project is apparently supported by the Illinois Arts Council agency. Like he actually got a four thousand dollars grant to get this film through post production, and I'm wondering why. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Well, it's a good thing that Chicago's taxpayer money is going to good use.
2: Yeah. It's like. He said I thought I I thought I was ready for you know, as ready as I could be. I had written, directed, produced several experimental horror genre shorts, ones that made festivals like Maryland, Palm Springs, and Chicago International. I was feeling good about myself, he said. So it's it's interesting. I like giving at least some attention to some of the smaller projects. Who knows? This could be interesting. Johnny Carpenter has done weirder.
0: Yeah.
1: And I just love Snored and Worms, so I'm glad I'm being represented on film.
0: Uh, so, the new story that I'm going to mention, this one is going to be really quick because there's not a lot to go on. <laughs> Keep in mind as well that the source for this is We Got This Covered, so take it with a grain oh, no. of salt. Yeah, like, I, this is just the only thing I could find that like, was about actual films. But... I'm not saying this is true, I'm just saying, like, if it, it does happen. But apparently Rob Zombie is being uh, recruited to make a, like, I guess a remake, you would call it, of the monsters, the sitcom from the, what, was 60s? The
1: new edgy action-oriented <laughs> monsters. I can't wait for a scene where,
0: like, no. <laughs> the main monster says fuck 50 times. Just spray and it. As someone who is a big fan of most of Zombie's films, even I'm, like... This is not the guy for that material. Like,
2: there, There's no person for this material. The Munsters was essentially just a rip-off of the Addams Family. That was why it was made. It was there to capitalize on the profits of the Adams Family at the time. And it did. And you know how quickly the Adams Family got canceled? And the Munsters did not
1: last too long either.
0: So. I mean, if you have to bring it back, I think there's a director out there that's just not Rob Zombie. What?
1: <laughs> yeah, director twenty years ago when we made it, when we were doing like the Adams Family movie.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Adams Family new one didn't do so well either because this, that one wasn't attached to the right people either.
0: So. Does this only exist because of that new Adams Family movie that came out? Oh, I forgot there was a new one.
1: Okay, it, 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 it might be or it might not. They're only no, what
0: like four years too late. That movie came out like I think Universal was probably looking in the well and they
1: were like, "What do we have?" Yeah,
2: the why? Monsters. Yeah, why would Rob Zombie want to make this movie,
0: though? Because he likes work, <laughs> likes, he money. likes money.
2: Money.
0: <laughs> well, but can just make his own thing. Yeah, <laughs> but he, he money. Okay, so here's the thing with zombie: is zombie's is heyday, bad? zombie's heyday was in the early 2000s. Sure. Yeah. Now he has to rely on crowdfunding just to get his movies made. So if a studio is like, Hey, we want you to make this, I guarantee you he is gonna say yes. <laughs> In fact, I think his last like big studio film was Halloween two, which explains a lot, because that movie sucks. Yep. I like that first one, but the second one is just like what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. So, Austin, what is your new story for this well, week? Well,
1: Milton had two, and I have none, so we've covered three. So. <laughs> Short
0: one. <laughs> Austin, that's twice now.
1: That's not true. I pulled one out of my ass last time.
2: No, he actually got one. I actually aped <laughs> off of something someone else had posted last time, so um,
0: I must have redeemed for-
1: myself from last time by, by f- putting
0: I- it too. I forgot that you... Uh, you just pulled one out of your ass last week. I
1: pulled pulled out the Predator one last time.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So, uh, we we normally just pick at random, like how we start these. If it's okay with you guys, I would like to start with Christine because uh, nice. I watched this one first. Milton, why don't you tell us about Christine?
2: Oh. what I would like to say about Christine. Okay, so Christine filmed in nineteen, probably eighty two to eighty three, just depending how the production went. But yeah, released in 1983 is an adaptation of a Stephen King novel in which a Kazar, a. I don't know why I was about to say czar for some reason, but. uh, (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Car gets possessed um, as it's going down the assembly line and already starts its bloody line of carnage and eventually. it survives for a few decades and finds its way into the hands of a nerdy boy who has domestic issues at home, issues at school, and is rather isolated and really only has one friend. And the car that is evil in his business kind of takes advantage of that. He forms a weird codependency with the car. And he feeds into it. It corrupts him as the car itself is corrupt. Um, and... Hilarity ensues.
1: <laughs> yes, it certainly does. I, so, I really like this movie. I,
2: I did
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm glad, because this is my second time watching it, and the last time I watched it was like the day after I finished the book, and I'm glad this time I was able to divorce myself from the book a little bit more. Because Uh, When you, like, when you read the book and then jump straight into the movie, you can see just, like, how condensed it is. But this time I was like, yeah, Like, no, it's still pretty good.
2: It's definitely interesting. I might want to get into the book, actually, after watching this movie.
1: One of the weirdest things about the book is that, like a lot of Stephen King books, it's broken into three acts but act 1 and 3 are told in first person but act 2 is told in third person it's really strange
2: hmm. uh, that that's king for you he doesn't plan these in advance he just writes it as he
1: feels so
0: i would like yeah. to revisit the book as well this was yeah, also should... oh god
1: well, i was going to say yeah cuz the main character gets taken out through the second
0: act so he's like, not in it at all hmm. Very this strange. was also my second time watching it, and most times I hadn't really revisited the book, but I remember liking it quite a bit. Uh, for those who don't know, I always say Stephen King is my favorite author. I don't think I've read a book by him I disliked so far. Of course, I haven't even made like a huge dent in his huge like just list of novels, um, but everything I've read by him I've loved. And I don't remember a lot of the book but i'm going to be honest i'm going to be a lot more negative on this i did not love this movie uh Something i feel john like does
1: not love and it's john carpenter <laughs> what
0: <laughs> i feel like a lot of the important character stuff is missing which you've mentioned off off stream bef- before mm-hmm. um i like the stuff with the car and the horror with the car but everything with the character development feels chopped to pieces to me Um, and so I don't care about anyone by the end of this movie.
1: See, I don't know if I'd say chopped to pieces. Definitely. It's completely streamlined. Like you get just kind of like the bare bones, exactly. Like each beat you need while the book has all the filler stuff in between. Mm -hmm. Well, this movie, you kind of get like major plot point with a character next scene, major plot point with a character. And it's adapting a 650-page book. It's kind of just having to jump from big moment to big moment. Yeah. yeah.
2: Carp- Carpenter's working with the hour-and-a-half format here, so he really does need to condense a lot of stuff. Yeah, Granted, basically. of course, the, the side to that is, there's a lot of good stuff you cannot put into this movie. So a lot of it, it does feel a bit chopped up to, to a certain degree. I can still understand the story, though. So the fact that he was still able to do that is good. And yeah. I, th- I'm not really sure how I would have been able to tighten the pacing up to include more things or condense things because I feel like there's just enough, but I do want more. I
1: don't yeah, know. you can't really maybe you get more without just expanding the film. Yeah. So. Well,
0: and you know, maybe I think maybe this movie needed to be a little bit longer. Um or the
2: carpenter the budget for a two-hour film man
1: you probably well, gotta remember too he's like basically a work for hire director with this film
0: like they brought oh, him in he? last minute Yep. Yeah. okay interesting so and i and i am in no way when i say this saying that i am sm- like a filmmaker or anything like you give me a film to make it's going to be a mess because i don't know what i'm doing but well, to good. me <laughs> but to me the thing i noticed and And this is also something that could change if I watch this again. You know, I very much have different viewings of movies based on when I watch them. But it felt like for at least a good chunk of the film, we focused too much on the best friend. And I can't remember his name now. I would have focused on the relationship between the the car and the kid. Cut down... straight from the book. Yeah. Cut down on some of the the stuff with his friend. Because it feels like we follow him more than we do the main character at times. Yeah, because he's the protagonist of the book. And make it about this kid becoming corrupted. Because that's the stuff that I was most interested in with this movie.
2: I can't, I don't know, I can't, I can't justify cutting out too much from the best friend portion. Because I do feel like that's important. At the same time, you're right, there's certain portions of that gradual degradation that isn't present in this movie. Because we kind of go from like a slow turn, then we kind of chop out a section, and then we get to the point where he has a lot more leverage over his family. Yeah, And that that makes things a little weird to look at, but at the same time we do need to focus on the best friend too, because he's an important part, and what happens to him is important.
0: Well, and I think the aspect that suffers most is the main character's relationship with the girl. Because most of their issues we don't see, we're told. Um, And then by the time that we're already told these issues then we see them develop further like the scene where she was choking in the car which i i don't understand how that works like did the car make her choke is it just because it's possessed or i think the idea
2: was she got startled and so she just swallowed she just tried to swallow a whole lump or
1: something like that i'm not oh, okay. really sure it... Well, because the car kills her uh like the original owner's uh, daughter that way and it's basically the same scene with her. So I, it's implied that it's the car that does it. I'm not entirely sure how. <laughs> yeah, like... Both with this movie and the book, I'm not entirely sure what Christine mm-hmm. is. I think the movie streamlines it more so that I can understand it a bit better than the book. Mm-hmm. But there's also weird baggage stuff that they keep in from the book that doesn't make sense anymore. Because what Christine is isn't the same anymore. Okay.
2: So, I'm not really, I don't really know if I need to see, like, an origin to why Christine is the way she is, but at the same time, I don't know.
0: I, personally, I don't don't need an origin, but I need to know the rules. Sure. Because all we see is a glowing light, and then she starts choking. What's happening?
1: Sure, Um, yeah.
0: Now, I do want to give this movie uh, some praise for a specific uh, section that I really appreciated, which was the car radio. Because every choice of music is on point. And I loved every scene where the car starts, like, picks music. But I do have a question about that, too, because this is the 80s, right? Did it just get lucky with all those songs, or? It's like Bumblebee. It just talks through the radio. If we question that
2: aspect too much, we're going to go down a rabbit hole. So yeah, I'm, I'm not really that's sure really that's sure a, a clear answer to that. Just if yeah. Christine was re-released as an as a remake or something like that later on would well, probably have music that would be current at this time or
0: something. Well and I'll say this up front, out of all the King movies that we keep like threatening to remake, this needs a remake.
2: And I was thinking of that at the same time unfortunately what was that
1: i don't know okay i I feel like i'm going to agree with your point but...
2: but so here's the thing with how films are right now because looking at the production of this movie of christine you had a lot of effort a lot of effort to find all these cars so that you can model all this destruction that has been done to christine throughout the movie That takes a lot of effort. It was not easy to find those vehicles. Um, The thing is, the most most practical substitute for that thing is we have a CGI car. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then the whole crux of the film is going to be placed on a car that is essentially not there. And that means then that you might get one or two models just for reference, and then everything else in the movie is just going to be digital destruction. And then I feel like it doesn't have as much weight and as much impact as it's done in this
0: movie. See, I can and... see what you're saying, but I think if you did a remake that is more character focused, you could make it so people aren't thinking about the CGI.
1: Sure, That's but... The thing, I... It's going to be the it thing all over again, where yeah, it's, but... we fix the character stuff, but all the horror stuff is way worse
2: And there's another problem, too. Um, Just based on where we are as a society right now, there is no way that people are going to actually adapt to Stephen King's film as it's written. There's no way that's going to fly with audiences, unfortunately. Or fortunately, depending on how you look at it. There are certain sensibilities that just make it so that people would be way too easily offended by what's going on.
0: See, I... I disagree with that. If I, but, well, no, I don't. Because I was gonna say, doc- <laughs> well, I was gonna say Doctor Sleep, but then I remembered that was a box office flop. That movie really deserved to do better.
2: I mean, this this movie is it, well. I'd like to see Doctor Sleep first before I make a judgment of that. But uh, hopefully, hopefully it was good. Don't worry.
0: Then, soon, yeah, soon.
2: Yes, but I, thing is, this this book, this these movies were kind of made for their own time. And they're good for their own time, unfortunately. It's just, I feel like there's been a lot of time that has been lost. And us trying to reinterpret, you know, like the, the 50s and 70s and 80s in today's time, it's going to be different from what it was back then.
0: I mean, I guess. Like, I don't know. I, I would I would watch a remake of this, and I am in full support of this getting remade. Sure. Um
2: I mean, I would like to see it, but I don't think it's going to be good.
0: Because, yeah, yeah, Austin, maybe the horror stuff is slightly worse. But if you fix the character stuff and the horror stuff is worse because of it, for me at least, it would balance itself out enough that I still like the film.
1: So I'm going to say the only way you can remake it to get what you want, which is, like you know, put all that stuff from the book back in and fill out the characters as if it were a mini series and then it wouldn't have the money to do the Christine stuff right. And I think it'll just I be mean, one of those
0: I mean I would watch a mini series about this.
2: How long would um, it go though? Maybe like four episodes or something like that? Do hour long segments? I guess you could probably do four, that four
0: to six that. episodes.
2: I guess. I I don't know. I feel like it would overstate its welcome.
0: Just, just don't give it to Paramount Plus, please. Like or
1: Blo- or Blumhouse, don't make it, please.
0: Oh. I don't yeah. know. I, I just, I think you could improve on this movie quite a bit.
2: Sure, there could be. I just don't think that the people. Yeah, I don't think it there would be, and I don't think it's the right time. I'll we tell you what. A dec- we'd have to wait a decade or two. I think.
0: Remake this and give it to the guy who directed Doctor Sleep, and will be a box office flop, but it'll be good. <laughs>
1: I <laughs> <man to suffer, laughs> don't know if he if you would be interested in doing evil car movie.
0: I mean, it's possessed, it's kind of a ghost story. <laughs> well
2: we don't know. And yeah, we're supposed to know, so
0: um Yeah, yeah I
1: don't know. <laughs> uh, Well that's kinda of one of my like weird things where you get something that's just kinda of carried over even though we cut the meaning. Which is that Arnie, the nerdy kid, starts talking like the old man that they buy the car from. Oh. And uh, in the movie, they cut that character completely and they combine him with his brother, who they meet later on in the book that explains the backstory of Christine. They combine them with one character in the movie. And in the book, the original owner possesses him. Like he's the ghost. Scene is also evil, so it's like kind of redundant, a bit. yeah. So, um, like Arnie, like that kid, is not in the climax of the book, he's not, he's like driving away with his mom in a completely different location. I, imagine, um, I
2: guess Carpenter needed to take liberties, but
1: yeah, and I think he streamlines it right. It's just you get that, you get weird stuff like. Um, Arnie talking like that older guy and I don't fully understand why if he's not being possessed by him but it's just yeah. I guess that's just part of the car corrupting him I guess you um, maybe you make the same argument for that guy
0: the other thing I do want to give kudos to this movie for is the car rebuilding itself scenes uh, yeah so the
1: effects work in general is great it really is there... to the people who had to find those cars
0: like, I know I've been mostly complaining about this movie, but there is stuff to like in it, especially the horror stuff. Um, But at least for me, as, m- as much as I love horror stuff, especially with Stephen King, I also love Stephen King's characters, because at least like his main characters are always so well written, and that's just, like, that's the biggest thing this movie let me down with uh, in general, I think. I
2: don't think it was terrible, but it, it wasn't the best that I've heard,
1: but... <laughs> Yeah, it's just kind of bare bones, but I don't think it's yeah. bad.
2: But I, but that's probably the disappointment there, because mm-hmm. it is bare bones, and it could be better. So. Yeah.
0: yeah, And I would like to see what Carpenter could do with this if he hadn't been brought in at the last minute. Because I was not aware of that.
1: Yeah. All yeah, in yeah, all, that just thing. with they, that... were, they were making this movie already, and they were like, hey, Carpenter, uh, why don't you direct this? And he was like, okay. <laughs> like,
2: all in all, considering what When it was brought in, this movie has turned out pretty good, all things considered.
1: Absolutely, yeah. This could have been a complete uh, disaster. I mean, it's also a year after the thing. It's the thing's 82.
0: So, yeah, because this is 83.
1: Right? Yeah, okay. I couldn't remember if I was messing up that date or not. But, yeah. He
2: was working really hard during that time.
1: Yeah, he was pumping out a movie every year for, for a bit. Yeah. Um,. And uh, yeah, like but there's just some great effects work with the car. Like I love the, there's the one uh, Christine where it like smashes the front and it's got like fangs on the front. It's in the climax or yeah, like, that was when cool. the car is on fire, like that stuff's great.
0: Also, I uh, yeah. want to give a kudos to some of the acting. I think the main characters are all well acted, even if there's not a lot there. I also love the guy that runs the garage because he's just like an angry old man for no reason.
2: Yeah, he commits pretty well to that thing. I, he's probably the best <laughs> actor in the movie.
0: <laughs> he's just yeah. like horrible to the main character for no reason. <laughs> yeah,
2: but uh, but I'll give props to Arnie too. The the actor for him, he commits in some scenes. I I some agree, guys, especially I... the high especially the high speed scene. I would say is definitely worth credit to
1: that actor, certainly.
0: I agree, and I think he really think comes... He didn't really continue acting.
1: He became a director. Oh, interesting.
0: See, that was yeah, he... that's curious, because it was driving me nuts. He looked like someone I've seen in like, another movie.
1: He's in Jaws 2. When we watched Jaws 2, I was like, that's the main guy from uh, Christian.
0: Oh, but I'd only seen it once, so I was like, I don't really remember what he looks like.
1: But yeah,
2: uh, Keith Gordon. Yeah, he, uh, he broke the code, and he had just become a director, because he figured out acting. Yeah. Like, I want to move
0: on to the next thing. <laughs> and I I like him especially once he gets, like, I guess you would say fully corrupted by the car. Uh, he does that, like, kind of asshole uh, kid thing really well. Yeah, um, I really
1: like, um I'm sure yeah. what the actor's name is. It's like, is it Harry Dean Stanton, I think? Uh, the actor who plays the detective.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, he's good.
1: He's in uh, Alien. Yeah.
2: No, yeah, this is interesting. I'm looking at his filmography of, uh, yeah, you know, Keith. He's Gordon. in a ton of stuff. He's in a he's he's in a lot of stuff, but not as much as I would as you would think. But yeah, Jaws two. There's that certainly.
1: Oh, sorry. You're looking at uh, Keith uh, Gordon. Sorry, I thought you were looking yeah. at the guy I was talking about.
2: Oh, who were <laughs> you talking about?
1: Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, the guy yeah, that plays. Uh, uh, He's right, just like right. a working character actor. Uh,
2: yeah, that that guy certainly. Uh, yeah, but Keith Gordon, he he became a director. Um
1: Yeah, he did a lot of TV work.
2: Yeah, he um he's he's done a few things. Not a lot, some stuff that doesn't get a lot of uh, exposure, but um, this is where he like he's done House MD as a director for a few episodes, Dexter, uh The Strain. Um, Fargo, Homeland, Better Call Saul, Legion. He's he's got some good. He's got some good experience under him.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. He's definitely done some good stuff.
2: Yeah, and like Masters uh, of Sex, apparently.
0: Speaking of what behind the scenes, the other thing to mention as well is the the screenplay is credited to Bill Phillips, um, who, when I looked up, had not done anything that I had really heard of before. No. Um, yeah, I don't recognize the name. Um, I think my favorite death scene in the film. Uh, if you guys want to list yours as well, you can. But it's the garage guy because when he gets crushed by the seats, uh, that that got me a little claustrophobic, especially the, towards the end there where it's getting like really tight. And... But uh, what what about you guys? You thought you
1: were right there with say him. That one, because that's the only death in the book that's not made like more over the top. That that one's much more uh, restrained. Oh interesting.
0: Oh, I don't know.
2: I, I I guess so. But um well just 'cause I like the over the top death scene. I, I like the over-the-top like, death scene I, like I think they were pretty entertaining. You got mm-hmm. a burning car chasing after a guy, that's That's probably that's my favorite. It.
0: That's really good too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I always remember like seeing quite a few films that really referenced this movie. Um I think uh, the most recent one that I saw was uh, regular show. If you all have seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah they they reference it, but they, it was like a British version with like an old like an old time card. Uh,
0: I don't feel like a lot of people talk about this movie anymore as so much see, as like the I, other. I actually agree that I
1: think it is something that's referenced quite a bit. Certainly, uh, yeah. like Ash The Evil Dead does like a whole Christine thing. And I've been watching through Futurama recently and they do an episode that's a mixture of Christine and uh, werewolves.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Where it's like robots get hit by a car and then they become cars.
0: It's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they turn into cars it's like, <laughs> when the clock hits zero, 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 zero. Yeah. Uh,
2: I would say, uh, I think my favorite thing, other than you know, all this stuff, which I would hopefully see a bit more in the book, is this the is the idea of the villain being something that is manufactured by the people around him. And you see a parallel between Christine and Arnie and uh, how at least how this film operates.
1: Yeah, and that which whole I, uh, opening thing is completely made for the movie.
2: But I appreciate that it's there, actually.
1: Yeah. I like the... the image where you see... Uh, like Christine going down the assembly line,
0: yeah,
1: get uh, old bat get to the bone. bone. <laughs>
2: yeah, but I but I do yeah. like that it's there. You definitely see a parallel with Arnie's situation where he's he's being bullied at school and he's being suppressed at home.
0: Oh, that's the that's the other thing I appreciate about this movie is it keeps the typical insane Stephen King bullies. Sure. Uh, <laughs>
2: Yeah, these, these guys are these guys are hard. These guys are these guys well, are like one step away from prison.
0: And I know none of them are actually high school age, but I appreciate no. that the lead bully is the most like on high school age looking of them all.
2: <laughs> but it's it's like these roided up teens that are just <laughs> dude like, looks like Garfield
1: he's playing a teenage Spider Man. That's not a teenager. <laughs>
2: We should we should probably step off of that <laughs> so we don't get down But
0: there. uh but yeah. Alright, <laughs> so do either of you guys have any final thoughts on Christine?
2: No final well, thoughts, just Argo's another thing. Oh. <laughs> Sorry.
1: That's my final statement.
2: Okay. But, once again, <laughs> props to the props department. Um I look I'm looking up Right now, some of the things about the cars. Um, it's a 1958 Plymouth Fury is what it's advertised as, of course, so they didn't find exactly... Um, they, they were able to build like 17 total copies of the car throughout the movie. Um, and Apparently, the total production for the Plymouth Fury just over time was just 5,303. So that def is, that's a small production number.
1: Um well um yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, while watching it, um I was like, Oh, they must have had quite a few cars. I didn't realize they had seventeen.
2: But uh twenty-three in total were used. Oh twenty three you had, you had seventeen total copies of the car, but there were different things being used at the time. Yeah. Um apparently some of King's details about the car were incorrect in the novel. Um, just based on some of the details, the 56 and 58 Fury was only available as a two-door coupe, while the book describes it as a four-door sedan, apparently. This is what I'm reading. Um, I don't know. Magic car. Could be a sedan. Who knows?
0: I'm not a car guy, so I don't know.
2: Well, well I mean, the sedan versus coupe is, like, coupe is, like, slightly smaller. Mm-hmm. As one who has one, as most as people like you you know who has sedans. Um, there's also certain things apparently to lock the door the handle has to be pushed downwards King also mentions a shift lever for the automatic transition but in real life it had push button controls just different just like small things
0: small things that you'd have to be like a car guy to notice he didn't
1: do his research he snorted his cocaine instead
2: (laughs) yeah but
1: Arnie was a greaser so
2: it's, it's funny thinking the nerd becomes the greaser throughout the story. It's definitely it's definitely an interesting transition.
0: All right, so Milton, uh, final rating for Christine.
2: I will give Christine a three point seven five out of five.
0: And and would you watch it again? I would watch it again. I think. Right. What about you? Casual, casually, but yeah, I would.
1: I'm gonna give it a three point five
0: out of five. You guys are gonna yell at me. Um I'm gonna give okay. this a two point five out of five. Uh I would watch it again, but only if Ooh. I'm showing only if I'm showing it to someone. Okay, uh, you're
2: you're you're scaling it on this is the middle score, this is an average movie. Is that what you're saying? Or are you writing it versus an adaptation versus
0: Just an average movie because I don't remember the book well enough to to compare the two. I suppose. I, I only read the book yeah, once and it was years ago.
2: Do each, each his own. Ooh. Shut up, Austin. <laughs> Don't all
0: worry, right. we, so, we have kind of wrong opinions on the
2: show.
0: Alright, so, Austin, tell us about Prince of Darkness.
1: Mm. Uh, prince of Darkness is about a prince who is of darkness. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> he's got what? some green liquid... Uh, the secret of his zoos, and it
0: makes people evil, and yeah. I don't know if he didn't like the movie, didn't understand it, or just being an asshole. <laughs> Finally, a movie just for me! <laughs> Austin, what did you think of Prince of Darkness? Because I know this was your first time viewing
1: it yeah uh, i i like prince of darkness it remind it gave me like flashbacks to um the thing but much much slower not not as like crazy like fast paced or like the crazy gore but just like the whole um just people being corrupted in the small uh, kind of location it gave
0: me kind of vibes to that again Well, and you can see why he considers this like part two of his Apocalypse Trilogy. Which is interesting
1: because part three is in the mouth of madness. and
0: (laughs) It's nothing like these two.
1: I guess there is corruption. Well, it's It's about mouth, I guess. And corruption comes from the mouth or something. I don't know. But I guess now that I'm saying it, there is like... Okay, you know what? I can kind of see it now that I'm thinking about it.
0: It's because of the like they're facing like an apocalyptic force they can't beat, right? Like,
1: well, I was thinking because uh, in that movie, like the Stephen King like figure who is kind of like corrupting people through his book. So instead of like that physical contact, it's more of people read it and then are
0: corrupted. But well, remember, Milton hasn't seen it yet. That's next week. <laughs> no, no, I
1: know. I'm explaining I'm just... why I think it's part of that <laughs> how it fits.
0: We'll get to it next week. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll get to it. All right, Milton. What did you think of Mouth of or Prince of Darkness? No, yeah. God damn it! In the Mouth of Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> the Prince of Madness. <laughs> That's a different guy. <laughs> I just
1: hope we're not in the Prince of Madness. Um. But
2: yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I have a theological background.
1: <laughs> Finally, something I can appreciate.
2: <laughs> okay, this movie was so wacky. Uh with some of its stuff, but I did like it. I like this movie. I would um it no, it doesn't make sense. There are certain <laughs> I mean for for those that, for those who are who didn't exactly get a great summary from Austin about this movie, despite the fact that nothing that he said is not true, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you have Donald Pleasance as the priest, and it's like, oh yes, sometimes so- certain movies with Donald Pleasance aren't going to be great just because Donald Pleasance is in them, but I'm glad that he's here and he. He does well with what he's supposed to do. I've seen the, the Halloween sequels. There's something about just old-time actors, just in his generation, that really just gave their all, and it's something that I feel like has not been matched
1: yet. And they just add just a level mm-hmm. of gravitas. Uh, yeah, to like it's like whatever film they're in.
2: It's like they, it's like they get like a classical kind of feel to what they're doing, as if they're the masters of what they're doing. So you have that. You have the idea of um them being a- isolating the church where they're kind of turning the whole church thing on its head, where the church is not a place of sanctuary, It's a place of danger. Where underneath like the foundation of the church is apparently this corrupt rot that people have to face. Um, there's the idea of theology is still being used as a form of defense, but it is not the defense in and of itself. You have to act. Um of course, then there's also John Carpenter kind of just inserting some really, really wacky things with like, okay, let's try to insert science fiction with dark fantasy and try to wrap it up with what the Bible says about Revelation. And apparently, Jesus was an alien.
0: I loved that. Like, and
2: apparently, God is like plutonium or something like that. It's like, uh... it's like I know, I know. John is like Carpenter. I know you want people to take this film at least somewhat seriously, but sometimes if you, if you insert stuff like that, <laughs> but hey, you know, it's Carpenter just being himself, so whatever. Um, yeah, uh, Satan is, of course, alluded to. Certainly, he's in theology, he is not actually a match for God, he's just a He's just a wandering, cast out spirit, pretty much exiled from heaven. Um, but he's still, you know, uh, theology gets sorted with like trying to interpret Revelation with, uh, you know, the horror of Babylon and plenty of other, the other signs. Like th- these are the signs in which uh, the end times will come, the the arrival of the Antichrist, and whatnot. So it it gets sorted. There's no like correct. Int- correct interpretation uh, of it exactly. Um, who knows how literal or how figurative these things are supposed to be. So there's there's room for interpretation. Um, it's, in- it's interesting. Um, I didn't... I had the same thought as Austin did that this is kind of like a re... It's like using the system of the thing to tell a different story. But the problem is... I can also see the same system, and I feel like the thing did it better. Yeah. Because this the pacing for this movie is a bit more gradual, but at least it's consistent, so I can praise it for that. Of course, I feel like sometimes a more frenetic pace, like something about the thing that would have been better, but at the same time, if you have the same system and the same pacing, people would probably rag on this one a bit more because it's just... Carpenter doing the same thing that he did before. There needs to be more variation. Um, I would have liked to see some more of my questions answered with how in the world this sort of thing exists, why it's there. I feel like some of those questions being answered, actually, they would help the film a bit, I think. I don't think the rules for the I'm going to call them zombies for now. Or we could say the possessed, I suppose, for that. I think the rules for the possessed are not quite consistent sometimes. They're consistent enough, but I don't know.
1: I don't know. I like that Christine thing where you kind of know what, what Christine can do, but then
0: suddenly Christine can make you choke to death. I'm not going to pretend to understand this movie because there's a lot of concepts in this movie that go over my head, at least. Um, but I'm glad that I, we are doing this so that I could rewatch this. Because uh, I told Austin back when I was going through some of Carpenter's films that I hated this movie. I thought it was at least one of his worst movies. Uh, I don't know if you remember that, Austin. Uh, I don't know what I was talking about. Um, I loved this movie upon rewatch. Hmm. Um, I think the first half is a little rough with the pacing, but once we get into the church and that first person gets infected, like I was hooked on the story of this film. Um, I still think the water thing's a little dumb, but like, I like this movie enough to just give it to the movie. Um, and like you guys said, Donald Pleasance is, is great in this movie and they got Uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah, was and Dirk
1: Blocker. I didn't I didn't see him. Yeah, Dirk Blocker. He's the guy that gets stabbed in the eye. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. Yeah. But we also get some returning cast members from uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah, we get a lot of those. Yeah. Well,
0: and so I actually got it, uh, that down. Um, just to give a little background on this movie, because I did copy some behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, This was inspired by Carpenter's research into theoretical physics and atomic theory, which is where I think a lot of the ideas in this movie go over my head. Um, And this was part of a deal with a live pictures uh, for 3 million per film and he gets complete creative control. Hmm. Um, And like Austin said, a lot of returning John Carpenter alumni, Uh, Donald Pleasant's, I don't. What's the uh, what's the guy from Big Trouble in China's name? Which one? <laughs> the, age, the Asian. The Which professor. <laughs> <laughs> the professor guy. Yep.
2: Yeah. No, uh, I'll look at the cast here. But yeah, but, but yeah, definitely you got a oh, really good actress here. You Egg got Shen.
1: Victor Wong. Um,
0: that's a different uh, guy.
1: No, that's that's a Professor. No, Dennis Dunn is the like student guy. I can't remember Oh yeah, yeah. The name.
2: Yeah, Dennis Dunn, okay,
1: right? Yeah, that's the name of like the student, the one that gets trapped in the closet. Yeah. Which I love the scene where it's like they're digging him out and he's just kinda waiting and complaining. And then the second the women start coming through the door he immediately starts like (laughs) pushing his own way through. He just hauls ass on it.
2: Yeah. It, it, it's funny you should mention him being trapped in the closet considering how many homosexual jokes are levied against him in that movie.
1: Well, that that was his whole plotline. line. He was trapped in the closet.
2: It's just a struggle again now.
1: Yeah, that's what that woman gets for looking like she could have been Asian.
2: Yeah, <laughs> funny as well. The things that were trying to get him were women. It's like, I gotta get out. I gotta escape. Yeah.
1: The women are trying to get him out of the closet. <laughs> and he says no, and he digs his way deeper into the closet. <laughs> um,
0: And then... It's a and metaphorical so, film. Some of the stuff that Milton mentioned, like Jesus being an alien, I kind of love that stuff, and I wish we'd gone further with that. Um, I like just how out there it was. Yeah,
2: I wonder, of course, more development would have been good. I'm not sure how much time you could have spent on it necessarily. Maybe maybe what we could have done is we don't do a lot of setup. Maybe one flash to Donald Pleasant's discovering what happened, what's going on in the church and then we move forward to just the place and time at the church and they just start setting up. And maybe we could have spent more time on everything else. Maybe you gotta tighten up the beginning a little bit. Um, that sort of thing. Maybe, maybe give some more filmmaking cues to so how dangerous the mirrors will become later. Um, maybe something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's something I wanted to mention too. The I thought the effects with like the water mirror thing uh, was really cool. Sure. Yeah.
0: A lot of a lot of inventive uh, ideas in this movie. Um. A lot of kind of just taking, making his own statements on different things like science and religion and how those two mix and don't mix. Uh, like I said, a lot of that stuff goes over my head. Uh, I'm not a scientist, nor am I religious. Um, As,
2: and someone who's watched a lot of stuff in this, some study, I'm, I'm no physicist, I'm no scientist, exactly. But some of the stuff that he says does actually make sense. Okay. Some of it. Does not make sense at all. But, you know, he's trying. He, he's made more of an effort than a lot of people have all things considered. So, yeah.
0: so Austin, this being the, fir- the first time you've seen this, was this the last Carpenter movie you hadn't really seen? or?
1: Well, because um, I haven't seen three of the films we still have to cover yet. So there's still a few I haven't seen.
0: Oh, okay. I own
1: most of them. I haven't watched most of them at this point yet. I, or I've watched at least over half of his filmography. There's just a few that I'm missing.
0: Okay. So, did you have any kind of expectations going into this movie, since you're just very familiar with his work, or
1: uh, I just expected it to be good. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to
2: see Donald Pleasant's use an axe.
1: Yeah, well, I, I was I not prepared to see him decapitate a woman, but I was quite pleased.
0: You heard it here, folks. Often likes violence against women.
1: Yeah. The only part that sucked was she put her head back on and she was fine.
0: <laughs> was it? Okay, so... By the time... The later half of this movie, I was starting to get a little tired, so I may have forgotten a few things. Was that the blonde blonde woman? Yeah, yeah, but she's all scarred, and she's uh, she she, goes (laughs)
2: down. uh, She goes down with the intention to take a fifteen-minute nap, but instead, she she is revealed to be the horror of Babylon. Essentially, I
0: was really confused about about her role in the movie. Like that makes sense now that you're mentioning it, but like she got that bruise, and I guess that's what started it. But Mm -hmm. like,
2: no, it was. I think they were trying to allude to her having a past uh, relationship that wasn't. Good or something like that, wow. or it's like this is the trigger. Here are the signs or things we're gonna choose one of the people here who best fits that description. Uh, you, Mark. Okay, go. You're. We'll uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll tag you later with our uh at our acid reflex spit.
0: Also, <laughs> what a... is it with John Carpenter and writing like two characters that are supposed to be like ha- in love with each other or like dating? Uh, cause he did the same thing in the fog, like I, these two. Yeah, that that
2: I I see what John's talking about, and it's like yeah, it bothered me too. I feel like we could have. It's one of the reasons why I feel like with all that development, we could just skip past that. Let's just get. Let's just get to the church. Stop anyway, a lot of time.
0: There, anyway, Austin. What I was saying was, what I was talking about was the redhead and that guy that she's dating in the movie, where they go. It cuts from the, him asking her out. To them, like sleeping together.
1: To t- sleeping together, yeah. That's yeah. Just the way you phrased it, where you're like, "What's up with John Carpenter and having a relationship?" I said <laughs>
0: characters.
1: Between characters and like, like I don't think I.
0: Well, because <laughs> I hadn't finished my thought before you interrupted. I was gonna compare it to the fog because he does the same thing in the fog. Remember? No, I I didn't think about that with the fog too. <laughs> Uh, yeah. It just made me laugh. I don't know um,
2: because he doesn't treat it the same, and it's like he's you're coming off a of big trouble, little China, and I think that relationship, while definitely a bit more weird, is still better better developed than what he did in this movie.
0: I, and I I feel really bad for that redhead, by the way, uh, at the end of the movie, she's me. like trying to help people, and they just trap trap her in that other dimension.
1: Well, I mean, can can you
2: blame <laughs> Donald for like? As soon as like the girls in, that's the best time to you know bamoose.
1: Yeah, you might not get a second oh, you opportunity. Made you sacrifice.
0: And I mean, he... I'm not saying what he, he what he did was wrong, but I like I feel bad for her. She oh, didn't certainly. agree to be trapped in that dimension.
2: Well, I don't think she was. Necessarily... Well, the thing is, she could be dead, and her body's you now just possessed. That could. Be I mean, her. that's that could possible. Be the situation. Um, so she hopefully she's dead. I her. hope she's dead because if she has to survive an eternity in that situation, that's that's truly hellish.
0: Was that supposed to be like this? You know, this film's version of hell, or does anybody know for sure?
1: Well, that's what I assumed because it's like the father of Satan, right? Well, so based on
2: theology and trying to see no, how John Carpenter no. might interpret it, or go around with it so technically speaking it doesn't necessarily have to be hell but I think it I'm not sure how much is implied because people interpret things differently um,
1: I guess we it's could say it could be world, which is basically hell <laughs>
2: there, there's something of course with water and liquid being used in this movie as this is kind of our anti element it's just taking this form in this world so, you know, Satan or being anti God, I suppose, in this movie, is kinda of just bound in a world that seems liquid but isn't. Or something like that. And I, I think I, that's the connection there.
0: And I liked the God and anti God thing. Um I like I like when you can take like opposites and draw parallels to them. So if like God is matter, then we have antimatter, which is obviously like Satan or anti God. Um, what was, but the thing, there was, there was a few things that I was curious about, like all the homeless zombies that are there from like the start. Was that just the liquid having an effect on them before we get there or?
2: Well, I mean, I would imagine that somebody stumbles into that church and probably spread something. So they probably wanted to prepare to have people, you know, trap people in. That was their function essentially. Because they don't they don't want to keep people out initially, but they want to keep them in once they have enough people inside.
0: Yeah. Interesting. It's cool that Alice Cooper was there. Um yeah, it's cool that
2: Alice Cooper is
1: homeless.
0: <laughs> well I'm and it, apparently that came around he because he that
1: poison flowing through his veins.
0: Because apparently the executive producer of this film was a manager to Cooper, uh, and suggested that Cooper record a song for the film. And then Carpenter put him in the movie. Wow! Did
1: he make yeah. a song for the film? That's that what Wikipedia
0: listening? said, but I didn't hear it.
1: Because the entire time I was like, oh, I'm surprised Alice Cooper didn't make like a Prince of Darkness song." There um, is
2: um, there's there's a track listing that was originally done by John Carpenter. It has eight tracks, but there's also an expanded edition that was released in 2008 which has um has a lot more, actually. Apparently, like, 28 tracks.
0: Well, that makes sense.
1: Well, and now that I think about it, like, so, Alice yeah. Cooper, it's not like he doesn't show up in movies and, like, do a song in every single film that he's in. Like, he doesn't do a theme for the Nightmare on Elm Street film he's in.
0: I can't wait to show Girl. Milton that movie. It's fucking insane. Which, which <laughs>
1: one's he in?
0: Six. Oh. <laughs> i oh, like six bro. quite a bit it's bad but it's funny it's so bad <laughs> that movie is insane <laughs> um i also really like uh, alice cooper's song that he did for friday six because apparently alice cooper just shows it is somewhere involved in the sixth installment of these slasher movies um, yeah, he's in Nightmare 6, Friday 6, and Prince of Darkness 6. Exactly. Uh, but Austin, do you remember that song, The Man Behind the Mask? Yeah. It's really catchy. Like, it's not complicated at all lyrically, but it's catchy. Yeah,
1: um, yeah, I like that song.
0: We should just do, like, all the sixes of, like, horror franchises. Or we could not. Wait, well, you know, I don't want to watch Halloween 6? No. <laughs> I think the only good one in those would be Friday Sick.
1: But Alice Cooper is cool. I think I think was a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I saw his credit. I was like, oh damn! Like that's that's a surprise, but definitely a welcome one. I
2: would <laughs> a surprise, but a welcome one to be sure.
1: Especially when I found out he was homeless. Because
0: fuck that guy. <laughs> uh, so Carpenter oh, wrote the screenplay for this. Oh, uh, wait, but, sorry,
2: hey John. Before we get into that, real quick just to with alice cooper and kills it probably has one of my favorite kills in these John carpenter movies half a bicycle just around alice cooper oh.
0: <laughs> it just i rewound that like i rewound that like twice to make sure that i saw it right because i was like what the hell did he just stab him with <laughs> it just
2: has half a bicycle somewhere <laughs>
0: He's with He can't afford a full bicycle. That's a good point. Uh, So Carpenter wrote the screenplay uh, but credited himself as Martin Quartermass, um, which along the... uh, was named after... uh, was an homage to a British film and television writer, Nigel Neal, and his best known character, Bernard Quartermass. Apparently the uh, author... Apparently Nigel saw this movie and was quite pissed because he didn't want people to think he was associated with this movie. for
1: oh, poor Carpenter! Like he just, <laughs> he just does stuff and people get pissed at him. It... I bet that author looked at this and was like, "Fuck this guy! This is a uh, uh, Jack Daniels commercial."
2: He might be—he might be the most abused Hollywood director of all time.
0: Him and Romero. Um, M- Carpenter maybe a little bit more, I'd say but... a bit
2: more Carpenter because at least George M- Romero has some respect in the horror industry from some of the other horror directors that still continue some of his work. Oh, but see, Carpenter's always movie.
0: been Carpenter's always been respected in like the horror community. It's just the like mass, uh, like public appeal that he's never had.
1: Well, I'm going to go with Carpenter just because Carpenter, I feel like, has much more of a uh, I-got-like-screwed-by-the-system kind of feel as opposed to Romero. (laughs) That's
0: fair.
2: Romero is... He is in Call of Duty Black Ops, so... I think if he gets that yeah, way, then John,
1: John Carpenter don't. is... <laughs> Call of Duty yeah, the, the, the,
2: there's a map in that game where basically George Romero kind of explains, this is my yeah. the set for my new horror movie. And you just have actors like Danny Trejo just present.
0: Sarah Michelle Gellar.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Rooker and I forget who. Robert England. Robert England, yes, of course. <laughs> Yeah, John yeah. Carpenter, if he got that phone call, would be like, fuck you.
0: <laughs> well, up. see, I just imagine George Romero getting that call and answering it like in that Red Letter Media review where he's like, what's a Call of Duty?
1: <laughs> That's, no, but he was already making movies where he's like,
0: well, no, I he... gotta fight
1: Zombies with my Twitter.
2: <laughs> no, here's the thing like Romero would not have been, if he had, he probably wouldn't have answered the call that way because he was trying to make a Resident Evil movie. Wait, like, like way before then, he knew what video games were. Any okay, but the, for
0: them. I like how the joke just went. Sure, but well, I mean, I, I know, I
1: know, i watched for a letter, so I know the reference. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and it also doesn't mean that Romero played Resident Evil. I mean. Well, and he made a commercial for Resident Evil too. Yeah. Like, he probably was just like, oh, it's a zombie thing. I'm the zombie guy. I want to make this. Um, this this might be, I don't know if, if you guys feel this way, but this might be one of the most, like, I guess i wanted to just say not meant for public audience movies. Like, this is meant for a very specific audience Um Mainstream audience, that's what I'm saying. This is not really, like, worried about a mainstream audience.
1: See, I don't think Carpenter ever feels like he's worried about the
0: mainstream audience. I've always just felt like he just makes what he wants to make. Well, and I don't disagree, but I feel like a lot of his other movies, especially movies before this film, are simple enough that, like, a mainstream audience is going to be able to see, and, like, I know what's going on. But he gets really ambitious here with ideas, which I appreciated. But I could see why this one, especially this one, would have been a flop. Um just because it's so out there compared to everything else that he's made.
1: Yeah, but when you also put yourself back to like the time, like when he uh when he made Halloween, for example, like he uh he showed that off at like a college or a university that did like a Q and A where he played the film and then uh all the students could ask him about it. It was at a film school And, like, every single person went up to him and was like, if you have the opportunity to make a film, why would you make, like, sleazy trash? (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, oh.
2: That's so sad.
0: Interesting (laughs) how we devolved in, what, ten years? Not even, what, like, three years?
2: It's probably why he didn't cast actual college or graduate students in I'm fairly sure they were all supposed to be graduate students, but the age ranges, as I looked at the actors, are so weird. And some of them are so... I have no idea what he was trying to do with the age range of these actors. But
0: Now they're all but, 14 year old high school students. <laughs> but I, I i see what you're saying about Halloween. Halloween's what, like 79? 78, 78. But I don't think that a group of students represents the like mainstream audience fully. Because think about it, in less than three years, we had Friday the 13th, which is way worse than that. It did, um, it did just as good. Yes,
1: but Friday the 13th only exists because Halloween broke that mold. Uh, that's fair.
0: But I, what I'm saying is I think there was already an audience there. They just didn't have... Because even before Halloween, you've got like Texas Chainsaw and Black Christmas. Like, there was already an audience there building.
2: I mean, if we talked like, about, like, a selection of students not necessarily representing the body of a general audience. And I look at today, and I'm not so sure.
0: I don't mean today. I mean 30, 40 years ago.
2: I don't know. There were a lot of people at Woodstock. <laughs>
0: um, but I just mean, like, compared to, like, even The Thing, I think, is a lot more straightforward than this movie. Um. But that's I. That's oh,
1: audience looked at that and they were like, "What the hell is this? Get us out of here!"
0: But did they? Because the thing that saved that movie was uh, VHS rental or purchases.
1: But that was a cult classic. Like that wasn't a mainstream success.
2: VHS rentals really saved a lot of movies that were trash at the box office. It's true, even movies like All Dogs Go to Heaven, for instance. <laughs>
0: Okay, that's a weird one to go to, but... Just as an example.
1: Yeah, well, it was just... Yeah. Just Is
0: the thing just, like, the most confusing mystery of, like, what were you people watching back then? Like, how did this flop?
1: Did they...
0: <laughs> Corrupt uh, critics. They were like, John Carpenter, fuck that guy.
2: No, maybe. That could have been the thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I not Nothing would surprise me. Um,
1: Roger Ebert's face
0: opens up like a banana. (laughs) It's the thing. (laughs) Oh my god,
1: he did eat (laughs) Siskel.
2: No, you assimilated him.
1: Then he was after Roper next.
2: Then it was Rude. Then they realized they were formaldehyde aliens.
0: So, Milton, since you are pretty quick at searching for things, I did not get a chance to look, but this was supposed to be the first of a multi-picture deal with the live pictures. Was his next few films also with the live pictures? I'm just curious. While he's doing that, uh, Austin, I got to tell you, when we started Resident Evil 3, I hadn't played it in like a year. I died to Nemesis, like, six times before I figured out the rhythm again.
1: What a a chump.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He kept, like, cornering me. It was ridiculous. And it didn't help that I was pushing the wrong button to dodge. (laughs) Yeah, why don't you you stream to the channel and let's see how you do.
1: I will. I'm going to use my infinite pistol and I'm going to kill his ass.
0: (laughs) I mean, I'm using my infinite rocket launcher.
1: Oh. oh, well, la die
2: Okay, so I might as well... <laughs> Don't die! So I might as well read the, the, the distributor credits for these features. Um, you have really stuff like Darkstar with the uh, Bryanston dis- Distributing Company. Nobody knows who that is. Neither are quite a few of these things. Um, the Fog and Skipper, New York were distributed by Avco Embassy Pictures. Universal did the thing. Um... Probably, and um, after that, Columbia Pictures did Christine and Starman. Twentieth Century Fox did Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, Universal came back to him with Carolco Pictures for Prince of Darkness and They Live, Um, for like eighty-seven and eighty-eight. Warner Brothers did Memoirs of an Invisible Man. New Line Cinema did In the Mouth of Madness.
0: Can't Um, wait
2: for that one. Universal Pictures came back again and did Village of the Damned. Um, Escape from L.A. Many, was uh, paramount. That was interesting. Um, Sony Pictures did Vampires in 80... Oh, no. *Scream Gems... Yeah, *Scream Gems did uh, Ghosts of Mars. And the award was uh, ARC Entertainment or Accelerator Media. So... There's that. Yeah. I, I'm, I also for failed to mention turtle releasing organization with Assault and Precinct thirteen and Compass International Pictures.
1: So, so basically, Aquarius Carpenter goes like, around and gets screwed by every major <laughs> studio in Hollywood.
2: But he kept but he kept coming back to Universal like a battered housewife.
1: <laughs> so I'm actually, actually looking over when we get the uh Blumhouse remake of the thing.
0: Please no. I will remain cautiously optimistic about that.
2: You're always cautiously optimistic, John. Yeah. <laughs> At least you're cautious though.
0: I mean, I have no reason to distrust Blumhouse. Like, I like their. I even like their schlocky <laughs> movies. I do. I've li- I've liked every movie that I've seen by them.
1: The fact that you said you have no
2: reason both to distress them the shocks me more. <laughs> what? <laughs> I surprise could... myself for my facial
1: reactions sometimes.
0: I, I didn't hear what uh, Austin said. What?
1: I said just both
0: of us made a face when you said that. Like, what? I mean, if they put out a movie I enjoy, they put out a movie that, I enjoy.
2: That, that I don't is, know. That is fair. I can't disagree with that as much as I might want to. <laughs> I'm kidding, um, but no. But with like, I don't know. Picture deals. It's like you get you get certain things with him where like Avco did a double, and Universal did a double, and Columbia Pictures did a double. But it's like only only like years back to back. Except for Universal, they like he 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 kept getting work with them. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. I am kind of excited to do Ghost of Mars just to see how truly awful that movie is. Mm -hmm. Because it looks terrible.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Halloween apparently was distributed by Compass International and Aquarius, apparently. That was... uh, The
0: The original? Okay, because there's three Halloweens now. The the 78 Halloween. (laughs) Do you mean the Rob Zombie one?
1: meant the... John Carpenter's
0: Halloween. You mean the twenty eighteen one? No,
1: because it's not
0: John Carpenter's Halloween. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a different guy. John Carpenter
1: film has John Carpenter's above the title. (laughs) So you
0: know. I never noticed that actually.
2: How did? How did you not? Whatever. Let's <laughs> move on. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm not looking the for. Thing when you look at all of his films, they all say John Carpenter is <laughs> above the title. Now,
2: now John is one of those guys where he'll he'll look at his phone in the theater during the opening and end credits. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't mean to rag on each
1: other. <laughs> Are you just, like, biased against other Johns, we are like, no, no one else can have my name?
0: That's it. For our, for April, we're doing nothing but terrible movies.
2: Uh, Blumhouse pictures. short.
0: Yeah, the, the Hey, I said I enjoyed them. I didn't say they were all good.
2: That is fair. You did say that. Um, I, I like to take opportunities to review some black
1: and white movies, um... Well, not just, not do just do stuff
0: like Light Night Universal L- stuff, L- yeah. Yeah, I
1: do want to do a Universal month. I also London. want to do uh, at some point.
2: Yeah, that just released on Amazon Prime,
1: actually. Oh, cool. I I didn't know that. I have that in the remake on Blu-ray. Yeah. But I didn't realize it was on Amazon. That's cool. Yeah.
0: And then if we I'd can like ever Boy. get Austin on the weekends, I'd like to do some Hellboy. I'd also like to do a
1: Hammer with
2: uh, Christopher Lee.
0: But Austin's always so like, Chris no, Lee. fuck you. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> But,
2: uh, the man. Have we said everything that we want to about Prince of Darkness?
0: I feel like I, I, I have. So. Yeah.
2: Oh uh props to um sorry, one other one other guy. One other actor in that movie. I'm trying to look up his name. Is um, it the
1: is it the creepy laugh man?
2: Uh shoot, yeah. Just is
1: his name Calder? Did did I guess it right? Is that the character you're talking about?
2: Um, Yeah, that was a guy. Yeah, that's a guy.
1: Okay, yeah. Let's
2: see if I can. Well, Well, he he... he did a great job. That's what I'll
1: say. All right. So yeah, I I liked all the actors in this. I I liked that guy's creepy laugh. That was the big thing that stuck with
0: me from that guy. (laughs) All right. So Austin walking around giggling. What would you give Prince of Darkness? And would you watch it again?
1: I think I'm going to give it a 3 out of 5 I would definitely watch it again Yeah, I feel like I need to watch again to kind of cement my feelings on it that's kind of where I am right now
0: yeah and I mean obviously any rating that we give or at least me personally you ask me in a week or after another viewing it would be completely different
2: yeah they'll like Christian a lot better in a week
0: no <laughs> you'll finally come to your senses. No. You'll be, you'll be walking and like 5. a
1: a lead pipe will come down on your head and you'll be like, ah, oh, Christine was great.
0: So I'll be dead.
1: Yeah, but in your dying moment you'll you'll realize that Christine was Yeah, that's
0: dead. the movie I'm gonna be thinking of when I'm dead.
2: Just just say that just say Christine's name right before
0: he dies. Alright, Milton, what would you give Prince of Darkness and would you watch lead. it again?
2: I don't know what number I'm. <sighs> the thing is, so it's 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 hard. like a wor- it's like a worse thing. But I can't just give it a four out of five because I think that there are some things which are mm, I don't know. I'll give it a three at three point five out of five.
1: But I almost did that too. Uh, three point five because that's kind of where I was leaning was 3 3.5 is it's, like you said this,
2: it's like you said this movie is definitely not as much as like a a crowd pleasing movie like christine was built to be mm-hmm. so it's i don't want to give it a lower rating than christine but i can't give it ai can't give it a 4 exactly i'm kind of struggling with this one
0: just a side I note while go, he, I'm,
2: I'm going to lower my rating for Christine to a 3.5, and I'll say that this one is a 3.75. That's
0: all say. Just a side note before I give my review. I love this cover art. It looks so good.
2: I have uh, no idea where it comes from in the movie, but I like it too. I
0: think it's just a drawing somebody did. It's just I, like the Shining uh,
1: cover. Yeah.
2: Or, or, the, or the thing.
0: Yeah the weird evil dead like <laughs> evil dead 2 skeleton face. Well, and I don't know what's up with Evil Dead 2, but like they keep changing the cover for that one.
2: Oh yeah, the Evil Dead 2 was released in the same year as this movie.
0: Again, points to my theory that the 80s was the golden age of horror. Um yeah. love 80s horror. I am going to so I reviewed this on Letterboxd for anybody who follows me, and I originally gave it a 4 out of 5. But after talking about it and kind of thinking about it, I think for my final score on the show, I'm going to give it a 3.75 out of 5. This. (laughs) This is my
2: score, too.
0: This uh, went from one of my least favorite Carpenter movies to maybe top 5. In fact, I'd probably put this at 3 or 4 in my top 5. Um, I will definitely watch this again. Hopefully I have just as a good viewing, if not better. I would like to see, I'd also like to go through the special features. Uh, for anybody who's not aware, this is the Scream Factory 4K release. They started doing that and it looks excellent in this format. And there's a lot of cool bonus features. So, that is week two of Carpenter Week. We're already halfway through, it seems crazy to believe. Week three. Um, Oh wait, no. No.
1: Wait.
0: No, this is week two. Cause we did yeah. the fog and the for yeah, doing. Yes, this
2: it... week For
0: forgive him. For, for He's
2: using Canadian time.
0: <laughs> He's on the same time zone I am. Um so Not
1: date wise time. Austin, um, what
0: are Austin, what are we covering next week?
1: We are doing Village of the Damned and In the Mouth of Madness.
0: Awesome. So, the lot, one thing I'm going to mention now, and then I'll mention it again at the end of Carpenter Month. If you guys have Letterboxd accounts, I know Austin does, make a new list of the movies that we ranked that we reviewed this month. Because I, I know you have a list, Austin, but of Carpenter movies. But I figure one just movies we covered, and I will post those on Instagram uh, to reflect our ratings. Um, and I figured I would just. <laughs> On my carpenter list. So it's just like full. i'm I'll do the Letterbox thing too. So I, no, you player. must make a new. Li- no, I, I don't care. Whichever one you send me, um, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Uh, Sunday, I believe Milton and I will be back with Resident Evil two and three, hoping to wrap those up. Hopefully, Austin will be there this time. Uh, I don't know. Were you doing? Were you doing something Sun this Sunday? I don't know. Uh,
1: well, I am going. I'm going skiing on Saturday, so I'm going to be like, uh, like but, gone, and then I'm going to have to leave on Sunday. So, I also have the one division so, spoiler uh, cast.
2: Austin, yeah. just, me and John are rather worried about you. We want to know where you were last <laughs> night. You,
1: I'm not telling you, Dad. Oh, oh,
2: I'm the dad in this relationship. Wonderful.
1: <laughs> we, of course, because John's the bitch.
0: <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um but we've got some we've got some cool ideas coming up this this uh next month, I think. Uh obviously we've started doing gaming. Milton and I are gonna record a review of Resident Evil 2 and 3 once we finish those. Uh Austin, you're more than welcome to join because I know you've played those games quite a bit as well. Yeah, I've beaten both of those quite a few times, so I'd be down to do that. Uh Austin and I and Milton, if he is able to read them, would like to go through Hellboy at some point. I don't know if that's going to be on the main show, or if that'll be like a spinoff. We do a weeknight. Um, I don't know if I want to add another show to the rotation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we do a lot already, but uh, we could always we could always do more, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe Austin and I will spin off just away
1: from John. Yeah, we're wow. gonna do the the no Blumhouse is allowed show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we keep um, talking about
2: it, so it's gonna become real. So if
0: if we do another show, uh it would have to be on Thursdays that aren't uh when Austin is doing the after dark on a different YouTube channel or on Friday nights. So let me know which night works for you guys and if you want to add a a second show to the rotation for comics. Um and then we'll just do it. I think the easiest way to do that, if we're adding another show, would just be like trade by trade or story arc by story arc. Uh, but we will talk about the rest of that once we finish the stream. Uh, we just we just like talking too much.
2: <laughs> we, we we like hanging out with you guys. We we like what you guys think, um, whether you comment now or comment later.
0: Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, check out some of the other videos that we mentioned tonight, and we'll be back next Wednesday with In the Mouth of Madness and Children of the Children of the Damned? No, Village, Village, of, the of, the Damned. Damned. Village of the Damned. Village of the Damned! <laughs> <laughs> <of the> <laughs> <laughs> Children of the Damned is the Iron Maiden song. Alright. <laughs> this is this has been Haven of Horror, and we appreciate all of you guys. Have a great night. Thank
2: you for watching. Yeah.
0: Bye, everybody.